Our scripture reading today is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 21, and our sermon today is entitled, Hearts to Hear. This is the Lord's word. I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod? Or with love in the spirit of gentleness? May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. The church in Corinth is the messiest church that we see in Scripture. It's the church with all the problems. It's the church that if you were to step foot in and smell its fragrance, heard the way they communicated with one another, saw how they overlooked particular sins, you would say to yourself, I'm out of here. This church does not honor God. This church does not know God. Now we know that Paul has a special affection for this church because he's written two letters here and actually he's written other letters that we don't have privy to anymore. But Paul's love for this church was so intense that not only did he send words of encouragement to them, but he sent words of admonishment and correction. We all know that those who love us are the ones who correct us and admonish us. But those who do not love us simply allow us to go wherever our hearts want to go. We know that our parents discipline us with the rod because they love us. We know that people in the street will simply look at us when we're doing wrong and let us walk by. For what are we to them? And what are they to us? But there's something that's interesting that's happening in the church today. The church today 
loves love. Who, who doesn't love love? The church today loves to come somewhere where they feel good about themselves, where they feel like they're encouraged about who they are. But as we see here in this passage, in the scripture as a whole, there's an aspect that we as a church need to be comfortable with. And that is admonishment and correction from the leaders of the church and from one another. And automatically for most of us when we, when we hear that, we're, we're repulsed by it. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I don't want anyone to tell me that I'm wrong. I just want to live my life the way I want. I want to live my Christianity the way I want. But there's an inherent problem with that, is there not? It's either I am the center of myself and this faith that I'm creating, or God is. And if God is not the center, and if we don't allow God's ordained means to, to grow his church according to his scriptures, if we don't look towards him to shape us, then, then what are we doing here? What usually happens in the church is that we come together, we like to worship together, we like to laugh together, eat together. And in the beginning, we sort of say, you know what, God's word is God's word. God's word is the only thing that can judge me. And we say, one another, let's just keep, let's just keep our distance when we when talk about faith. And that's where the, the first stone that starts to roll. But the second stone that starts to roll, is, is, it, doesn't, it follows very quickly. It's like you stop actually reading God's word too. Because not only do you not want anyone else to admonish you, but after a while you don't want God's scripture to admonish you as well. And so all authority and all the means of grace that God has given to help you to grow goes by the wayside very quickly. If you don't have people to help you to walk with the Lord, if you're not turning to Scripture to help admonish you in walking with the Lord. And then thirdly, the last stone to fall, you stop even talking to God and praying. What happens to a church without admonishment, without discipline, is that we all simply go our own separate ways. And Paul is having none of that with this church. Brothers and sisters, the first and foremost thing that we have to realize when we correct one another when we admonish one another, is what we see here in verse 14. 
What does Paul say? I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. That when we admonish one another, and when we receive admonishment, our gut feeling is they're, they're shaming me. They're making me look bad. They're making me look like I'm not a Christian anymore. And then you have this atmosphere where no one wants to say anything because, oh, I don't want him to feel bad about it. I don't want her to feel like I'm attacking her. I don't want him to feel like I'm judging him and nothing's being said. But like Paul, I say to you, when I admonish you, and when you admonish one another in love, it's not to bring shame upon you. It's to bring about restoration. As your pastor, I, I, I treat you like my sheep, my, like my children. You must treat each other as brothers and sisters, and I'm your brother and sister as well. A church must encourage and admonish one another for us to grow. And so I ask of you, number one, when is the last time someone admonished you in the Lord, for the Lord? I'm not talking about, you know, you left a towel on the, on the, kitchen floor or the bathroom floor. I'm not talking about you're, you're late for a meeting. I'm talking about when's the last time someone admonished you and said, why are you so angry? Or someone admonished you and said, why is reading scripture so hard for you nowadays? Or someone admonished you and said, why is it that that one person at church, you have a hard time to love? Spiritual things. If it's been a long, long time, then our church is not doing the work of the church. On the other hand, when is the last time you've encouraged people? And I'm not talking about Hey, August, you look good. You lost a lot of weight. Although he does look good. He lost a lot of weight. Sorry, August, I had to do that. But when was the last time you encouraged someone and said, man, thanks for sharing that scripture verse with me. I love the way that it encouraged you and the way that encouraged you encouraged me. Wow, thank you that when you said, hey, I'll pray for you, that you didn't just walk away. You actually stood there and prayed for me. <laughs> I often wish when people said, I'll pray for you, that there would be some app that said prayer done, and so I know they actually prayed for me. You know, for, I can have a dime for any time someone said, I'll pray for you. Um, but they actually just stopped and prayed for you. This is the church that, this is the type of church that Paul is trying to regenerate here in Corinth, that they've messed, that they've missed. 
And so for us as well, we're not here to shame one another. But we're here to love one another to grow in Christ. Now there's a reason why for many of us this is so hard. Because intellectually we can, we can agree with this. This isn't something that's intellectually difficult to understand. This isn't something that I need to go for three, four hours to exposit that you need to admonish one another and to encourage one another. But the problem is that we don't know how. We don't know how. And, and verse 14 talks about this. It says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Think about what he's saying. This is a first-generation church, is it not? This is the, the first time that people have known God. It's one of the first churches and they're trying to figure out how to do church. If there's any church that deserves leeway of making mistakes, it's the first churches that God has planted, right? These are brand new. And they have an issue that's similar to our issue that we have as Asian Americans growing up. And that's this. We have many guides, many good teachings, much good understanding of what church looks like or should be like, but we don't have many fathers, we don't have many mothers, we don't have many examples of what it actually looks like. For many of us, if I were to ask the question, who is the person in your life who has impacted you the greatest in your faith, to whom you still look up to and you copy and imitate because that's the type of life that I want to live before the Lord because the way that person prays, the way that person uses money, the way that person loves the church, the way that person loves the Lord, I want to be just like them. For many of us as second-gen Asian Americans, the role models are far and few between. And Paul is saying to this church, listen, you have a lot of people who are, who are good guides. But there are only very few fathers who really loved you, who lived with you, who made an example of their life for you, and who encouraged you to imitate them. you know, the understanding of how to admonish someone, right? And how to encourage someone. How do we do that? It's different in every context, and you know that. You know, in our, in our book of church order in the PCA, uh, one of the things that we have is we have this great legal structure of sort of how to discipline someone. 
And so first of all, if someone had a charge here, they would come to the session and, and I would try to adjudicate. And if th the person didn't like my adjudication, they would appeal to the next court and there's one more court after that. And they, they, they'd adjudicate all of that. But before even that, you know, you're supposed to go to your brother or your sister and you're supposed to talk with them and say, hey, I have this against you and stuff like that. You know that in this culture today, right, for the, the American majority culture, it's pretty just straightforward in your, right there in your face. They'll come to you and go, hey, I got a problem with you. But can we talk it out? And oftentimes you're like, oh, okay, uh, what's wrong? And as, as Asian people, you just feel guilty right away. It's like, I, I must have done something wrong. But I know in Asian circles, how do we do things? Okay, if I, if I need to talk to someone real seriously about what they've done wrong, um, I need to have a meal with them first. So no, if I have a meal with you, it doesn't mean I'm about to admonish you, but just that's just a point of view. I need to have a meal with them first. And then after we're happy, we're full, and we're laughing, coffee is there, and just get to check. Just that last two minutes, you're like, by the way, uh, I haven't seen you at church lately. Is everything okay? And my American that says, what a waste of time. But my Asian that says, it's the only way to do it. And for some of you, you'd be like, that is the way to do it. Pastor, I'm going to imitate you. That's the way to reach this person. And I'm going to show them that same love. I'm going to take them out to dinner. I'm going to pay for it, have coffee with them. And at the very end, just gently say, hey, I haven't seen you around lately. Is everything okay? And then by that time, we'll sit there, we'll have another extra hour, and I just got to give a bigger tip to the waiter. That's it. You see, what, what Paul is saying here is that the tribulation, the troubles that are going in the Corinth church that go on here at CCPC and in every church, that the principles are there, that we need to rebuke one another, we need to encourage one another. But for most of us here, we have guides and not fathers, mothers, brothers, or sisters who we should be imitating. I can't tell you how many times people say to me, you know what, I love such and such an author and the way they talk about suffering. I love such and such an author and the way they talk about marriage. I love such and such an author and the way they talk about money. I love such and such an author and the way they talk about suffering. And that's great. They're guides. But we must be people who live out our faith and say, I love the way such and such a person is struggling and suffering and the way that she or he is counting on God. So what do we do as second-gen people people who maybe we love our parents but their faith is not exactly the faith that we have it's a little bit different because of the cultural circumstances there's a couple things one imitate the older brothers and sisters you have here 
at this church. We're not perfect. But you ask us, how do you do your quiet times? How do you not get frustrated at church at times? How do you love one another? What does hospitality look like for us in this church? How do we rebuke each other well in this church? What are some things that you have done? You imitate them. And for many of us, we, we need to continue to allow our own culture to develop and allow the Lord to show us how it is as we as living between two cultures are able to build a healthy church for his glory. Second of all, be willing to be imitated by other people. What does that mean? It means you need to share your life with people. Your Christian life with people. No matter how messed up you think it looks, guess what? It's a lot worse than you think it is. Because <laughs> when you let that person in your life, in that church, they'll see things that you've never seen before. Don't let that get to you. Because your Heavenly Father sees everything and He still loves you. But let people in your life and say, um, in your awkward way, um, I'll, can we pray together? <laughs> Just pray in your awkward way. Um, I haven't done this before, but can we just maybe read a passage together? <laughs> and when someone asks you, hey, um, I want to learn about Jesus, don't say, um, oh, I'm, I'm not mature enough. I'm, let me pass you on to someone else. No, God has put in that person's heart to ask you and say, you know what? I don't, have it, I don't have it together either, but let's do it together. Let's walk together. The Lord wants us to be imitators of each other. To learn how to apply the principles of love and rebuke and grace to one another. Thirdly and lastly, Paul is still very harsh. He's, he's frustrated. And he says in verse 18 through 21 that he knows that there'll be some people who won't listen. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. He's talking to like people, like it'll be like people in this room. He's talking to the church. He calls them arrogant. He says that some of them will just find a way to sort of badmouth him. But Paul's waiting to come back because talk is cheap according to what Paul is saying here. But the demonstration of the power of God is real and authentic. Because when you see people repenting and trusting in God. When you see people saying to one another, we follow Jesus, not Apollos, not Cephas, not anyone else, we follow Jesus. 
We hear people say, I resolve to know nothing except for Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That this church is built upon Him and nothing else, and we will bow down to Him. And when you see that love demonstrated within the church, that's the power that God is talking about. Talk is cheap, even in the church. Oh, I wish the church was like X, Y, and Z. Oh, I wish our church could do this, this, and this. Oh, why is the church like this, this, and this? Stop. Stop. God will build his church here. And whatever church is out there, God will build his church. God will provide the things that are needed for this church and every church. But for us, as members, as people, simple people, let the power of God, his reconciling power to him and for, to one another, let it reign in you. Let it be evident in you. Let it be surprising even to yourself that God is working in you. Let his presence grow amongst you. Be quick to repent. Be quick to act. Be quick to say, I'm rebelling against you, Lord. Be quick to say, I'm in this for myself. Be quick to say, I need to be admonished. And then be quick to repent and quick to act. No more words, no more deep thoughts about nothingness. <laughs> Don't overthink. Act upon what God has already taught you right now. And that's be more than enough to get you where you need to go with the Lord. Just act on what you know now about God. And that will carry you home. The prayer for this church and for all of you, is that your hearts will be open to hear the word of God. That your heart will be open to love one another. That your hearts will be open to fight desperately for each other. That we be a church open to, to rebuke. Maybe some you know, some guys here, they rebuke me all the time. I rebuke you sometimes. You need to rebuke one another. You can't simply say, oh, when everything is wrong, just go to Pastor Young and he'll do all the rebuking. No, no. I'm, I'm going to send it back to you. But let us love one another so that the love of the Lord may be made manifest here. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, um, 
Lord, we, we thank you for the church in Corinth. It's an example to us, Lord, of how you love a church even when it's sort of going downhill or looks like it's going downhill. How you still love the sinner. How you still call people to repentance and to return to you. And we ask of you, Lord God, to do that for us as your people. We confess that we are the most judgmental of other Christians. We confess, Lord, that we are the most who want church to look like us. And then we are the ones, Lord God, who have forgotten that your word is the only standard of who we are, of how blessings are channeled, of how your church is what you are building for the good of your people. And so help us here, Lord, even at CCPC, to continue to grow in this love for one another. Father, for us who are older in our faith, may we be free to allow others to imitate us for good or, good or ill, but mostly for good. May they see the faith that we have, the struggles that we have, that they too can see the God working in us. And may we who are younger, Lord, not fear in making mistakes, but Lord, to seek older people, brothers, perhaps fathers, mothers, and sisters, who can show us, Lord, the ways of faith. We ask of you, Lord, to build a culture here at CCPC that's in consonance with the principles of grace and love that we find in your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen.